nowhere, so nobody can see us or anything. So that's perfect. <laughs> okay. Right. So I'm going to start. Um, good afternoon. This is Beth Blanco with the Dust Yourself Off My Dear podcast. I'm so excited today. I have a Brittany Harkin on here um, as a special guest. And um, I'm going to tell you about her bio here in just a second. But welcome, Brittany. Hi, Beth. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. We're talking today about something that is so near and dear to my heart, um, mental health. And let me tell you guys a little bit about me. She's a mom, a partner, and a friend. She's also a two-time suicide attempt survivor, a trauma overcomer, which I love, and a mental health warrior. Growing up, home was not a safe place. Neither were Once having believed that she didn't have a place in this world, Brittany now owns her own business and uses her platform to provide support to the world of mental health. Her pain has slowly become her strength. And she's ready to share her story. I'm so excited. I love this. So um I wanna dive right in though. Tell us if you would about suicide attempts. I know it's really deep, but I think yeah, absolutely. Um, so a little backstory, I think. So my my experiences um, with my suicide attempts had to do with um, dissociation. So, and I think a lot of that came from not having a safe place. Um, if yeah, you, tell us you know, how home was like what do you mean not safe place I know you mean by home but what was home life like um it was um chaotic um my mother was a drug addict um and a narcissist and my father was I'm sorry um what they call a dry alcoholic um so he was sober. He wasn't actively drinking, but he was, um, he was very angry. He was very, um, bitter and he just wasn't, he's very toxic. Um, so between the two of them, um, there wasn't much support. There wasn't much guidance. Um, and then fast forward to my first relationship when all of this really took ahead um that relationship turned violent very quickly um both physically and sexually um emotionally it was a mess <laughs> okay. um yeah. so I felt like going through that I didn't have anywhere to go um I didn't have anyone to talk to I didn't have anybody to enclose this information with um I didn't have anybody to run to to help me get to a better place. Gotcha. Um, So I think at some point, even after I had gotten out of the relationship, I think at some point it just became too much to sit with. Right. Um, And it's being the tools what to do. Right, exactly. And I, and I think sitting with it by myself caused a lot of doubt. And I think it caused a lot of blame because I think those are very natural when you go through abuse um, in general. 
never mind when you don't have somebody to say that's not the case. (laughs) Um, So it kind of became very overwhelming and my self-worth really plummeted. Um, And then I think it just got to a point where even on a subconscious level, I just couldn't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, So there was one day I don't remember the entire day um all I remember is kind of it was like um like a movie um sounds kind of cliche to say that but it 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 felt like a movie I was watching myself just kind of walk into my house um I went right to where my mother kept all of her medications um I took a handful and I went to sleep um and it was all that like conscious of a decision I don't because like I said I don't remember the whole day and Mm -hmm. I don't remember at that point thinking at least to myself that this was it right you know and I think that scared me a lot um because obviously I had woken up um, okay you woke up on your own did somebody wake you up no my mother woke me up um she had found that some of her medications were missing (laughs) so um once she realized that I wasn't okay um she tried to make me get my own shoes on and walk to the car right um that didn't work (laughs) I ended up getting carried to the car by my sister Um, I was admitted into the hospital after having my stomach pumped and um, having charcoal, which is horrible. (laughs) That's probably the one thing I remember from the hospital. Um, I was admitted into the hospital for almost two weeks um, in the psych ward, and that's when I really started to open up. Um, I felt like there was probably the first and only time I had had somewhere where people were actually going to listen to me. Yes. It's amazing. Um, It was such a weird feeling (laughs) to actually have people's attention on me listening to what I have to say and like genuinely caring. Yes. Um, So I opened up to my roommate there and I kind of told her like you know, because at that point I'd been sitting with this for a couple years and it, like I said, that doubt and that blame was so deep rooted at that point. And I had told her, like, I don't know if this is abuse, but this is what I experienced. <laughs> and she, she looked at me and I just remember the look on her face and she was like, how could that not be? Exactly. Yeah. You know, and I was like, okay, <laughs> I feel a little better. Um, so from there, I started talking to the counselors. Um, they encouraged me to call my family and let them know. Um, I did and was met with a very empty, like, oh, I'm sorry, let us know if there's anything we can do. Right. Um, so I, I, you know, dealt with what I could while I was there. And uh, when I was released, I went to an outpatient therapy program. Um, I went back to school. And I was, you know, I was trying really hard because I realized at that point, you know, like I wasn't, I wasn't damaged. Like 
I didn't do this to myself. Right. Right. Um, That's a great point because people that struggle with this do feel that there must have been something either they did to deserve it or there's, you know, something wrong with them. And I think that's right. really an important part for you to say that there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with you. This happened to you. Right, exactly. Like you experienced the pain and, you know, all of the abuse and, you know, what have you, but there was nothing that you did that brought it on. Exactly. And I think that's even something today. There are certain parts where I'm like, well, maybe if I, you know, did that. And I'm like, no, stop. <laughs> um, so once I realized that, you know, I, and I had the power to move forward. Right. Um, that was something that I started to realize as I started to open up and get a lot of this out and off my chest too, was that it was up to me to kind of work through it and move forward. Um, so once I felt like I had that in my control, it felt a little easier. I had some control back. Um, so I was doing really good for a while. Um, and then a couple years went by, um, I was in another very bad relationship. Um, wasn't physically, um, abusive, but it was very much so mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a drinker, had a terrible temper. Um, and I was living with him <laughs> mm-hmm. because in my head, it was still better than home. Right. Which leads me to my next point. Just change the situation. <laughs> Don't yeah. go from one bad to the next. Yeah, you had the same thing in a different location. Right, exactly. And that's what I realized I was doing a lot um but with this relationship it it hit another head um I got very low and it happened again um I don't remember most of the day again um but I did dissociate and take more of my mother's medication um this time I woke up on my own um and it was a very weird a very weird feeling <laughs> like I'm somebody who can't even take like cold medicine at night and wake up feeling not groggy the next morning mm-hmm. but I had taken a handful of muscle relaxers and woke up with like a whole new like energy wow. um, and I think at that point it was kind of like okay like this is if it's not working it's not it's for a reason <laughs> like I'm That's here not- was intervening or something right Right, exactly and I'm not like I've never been a big believer I was one of those people that felt like you know I I'm I haven't experienced anything that makes me believe that anything greater out there loves me right you know so at this point I was like you know maybe there is some reason that I'm here like maybe there is some purpose that I just haven't unlocked yet (laughs) Well, I know um, this, but I'm glad that you thought you had thought. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and and it was a big it was a big eye opener for me, um, because again, in my head, I was like, you know, I didn't control this happening the last two times. You know right. what I mean? Like this wasn't one of those where, you know, I did it, you know, hesitantly, and maybe I like you know quote messed up along the way or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. So I was like, this is, this is something. 
and I need to work with this. <laughs> yes. Um, so from that point forward, I put a lot more energy into myself. Um, I put a lot more thought into my future um, and actually figuring out a future. Um, I spent a lot more time alone and learning to enjoy that because mm-hmm. um, that was a big thing for me too. I, I, I was usually alone, but I, it was very uncomfortable. Yeah, you have to you have to work on uh, being okay with being by yourself, and yes. and that you can be really good company for yourself too. So, yeah, yeah great. Now I love my me time. <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, back then it, it would cause such bad anxiety. I would, you know, rather be around terrible people than be alone. Right. Than be by yourself. Yeah. Right. So now, like, I started to really learn to enjoy it. And I learned to kind of figure out who I was. Um, I, like I said, I did a lot of, you know, thinking and planning for my future, trying to figure out, you know, what it was versus what I thought I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think through that, I, I got a lot stronger. Um, I felt a lot more independent, a lot more in control. Um, I felt like I was starting to get, you know, actual direction. Um, mm-hmm. cause I really thought that, you know, for the rest of my life, I would be kind of wrapped up with my family and taking care of them and that I wasn't going to have much of a future for myself. Right. Um, so this was kind of the first time that I really started to think about that and like consider like, you know, I can get away from this and I, I don't have to be a part of this my whole life. Yes. That's so powerful. How it was brighter. Um, how did you stumble into that, that career? Just know that that was your calling. Yes. Um, so writing was always something I had done. Um, I remember in high school, I had written a children's book. Um, my teacher wanted to put me in touch with a publisher and I threw it away. Um, (laughs) um, and I've always used it to communicate. Um, so with my family, I would always, you know, write them letters rather than trying to talk to them, you know, face to face. Um, I do it even now with my relationship, good and bad. I, you know, I'll leave little letters and notes, like just checking in. (laughs) Um, Right. It's just always been a lot easier for me. Um, I'm not much of a talker. I'm a writer. <laughs> um, so when I finally got away from my family and got on my own, um, and I was kind of considering what I wanted to do now, um, I needed to work from home because I was mm-hmm. having my son. Um and I knew that I didn't want to leave him. So I started looking into things and I decided to start my business as a VA originally. Um, so okay. I was kind of offering everything, um, even things that I couldn't stand doing. Like I'm not a visually artistic person. <laughs> I don't like drawing. Right. I don't like designing. It frustrates me. I'm never happy with it. I'm not good at it. But I was still trying to force myself to do this. Mm-hmm. And then it got to the point where I was mostly getting requests for the writing anyways. And that was the only part that didn't make me roll my eyes when I got asked about it. <laughs> yeah. So 
I just decided to run with it. Um, and then as I went along, I kind of figured out, you know, who I wanted to work with. And um, I've always kind of naturally produced content and, you know, made posts even on my personal page providing, you know, mental health support and um, advocacy for different, um, like, trauma healing and, um, like, PTSD, depression, anxiety, what have you. Um, I always try to be right. kind of a pillar of support with that because, um, I mean, I've experienced it. Right. <laughs> um, exactly. So I think I just kind of it finally clicked that I could merge the two. And the ball has been rolling ever since. That's so powerful when you can, you know, because you are very passionate about mental health. And, you, and then, like you said, and I'm a writer too. I totally resonate with that. That, um, you know, I, I love to write. It's so therapeutic. But that it when is. you combine the two, then it was like old for you because, you know, you combine kind of two, two loves or two passions together. Um, yeah. Awesome. So, when so do you write articles for people, or do you teach people how to write content or content, or do you do a little bit of both? Or um, um so I do both. Um, I with my clients, I write their content. Um, I usually take on their blogs. Um, mm-hmm. you know, some of them give me the ideas. Some of them we kind of bounce ideas back and forth. Some of them just ask me to run with it um so that kind of depends and then I have my Facebook group um and on my Instagram I share like writing how-tos content how-tos marketing tips um and then in my Facebook group it's more intimate and you know we get more into it yes that's awesome so I want to um I know Know that you want to help people that are struggling with mental um, health. So, what are three tips that you could tell somebody that's either embarrassed and not wanting to reach out for help, um, or just like in the place where you did, where you didn't feel valued and loved? Um, what's three things that helps them empower them today? Um, I think the first one would just be that you know it's normal to feel embarrassed. Um, and to feel uncomfortable reaching out. Um, But you're very far from alone. And everybody on some level has experienced mental health struggles. Um, Everybody has felt some level of depression. Everybody has felt some level of anxiety. Um, These are all very human. (laughs) Um, So it's not something that you should feel embarrassed about. Yes. And, and self-worth is, I think, also a very common theme, especially if you don't get it at home. Th- that's where you're supposed to get it. If, if you don't get that foundation at home, that self-worth piece, you're, you don't get it unless you do like what you did and you you have your work um, journey and and the um, counseling, all of that, that journal, journal journey, or else you right. wouldn't get it. If- no, absolutely. You, you need to be open about what kind of help you need in order to get it. Yes. I think that's um, awesome. What is 
what is your take on um, uh, um, medication? Like, um, you know, do you, right now, do you feel like um, people should, you know, I think that there's a stigma around taking medication. And um, I personally there definitely is. Yeah, to have that stigma go away because sometimes people need it. Just like yeah, they absolutely. need you know, seizure medication if they have epilepsy or something. For yeah, them. so it's not just, I mean, yes, oh, there are yeah. emotions, oh. but they're not just emotions. Um, I mean, they're a lot of times a chemical imbalance that's happening in your brain. It's not, Yeah. I mean, it's in your head, but it's not in your head, you know? So, right. And that's, that's a physical thing. That's something happening within your body. Um, yes. So it's not, um, I'm sorry. Uh, so it's not like, you know, you're, you're not wrong by taking medication. They help for a reason. Um, yes. And I think too, like, so with me, I, I don't take medication full time. Um, I right. have a hormonal issue. So my depression and my anxiety um, changes throughout the month. <laughs> it's like this really fun mm-hmm. steady cycle. So I only take my depression medication, which is a very low dose, but I only need it about a week and a half, two weeks out of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that's enough. That's right. not the case for everybody, but for me, that's enough. Right. There are some people who need yeah. even more. There are some people who don't take medication at all and take a more holistic approach and focus a lot more on their energies and their intentions, and that works for them. You know, like the, it's mm-hmm. not a linear path. It's not a one size fits all kind of experience with mental health everybody's minds are different everybody's experience are different so right saying you know you can't take medication it's a very narrow-minded thing in my opinion yes i i agree and I, i've taken so with it i've taken medication to get kind of stabilized and on the right path and was that you know was able to go on and I really think that people should um, yes. you know, yeah absolutely I, I think it's also important if too you that people <laughs> oh sorry um, no go ahead go say, ahead um, like if it's also important to be mindful though because it is they are medications um so it's also important to be very, very mindful of anything else that you're on and even just the long-term effects because some medications you you can't safely be on for years. Um, yeah. So it's very important to keep an eye on that too um, because I think that's also something that people don't talk about as well. Um, and I think that's part of where the stigma comes from. If you're responsible and you're mindful and you, you know what I mean? Like you you do your research for yourself. Um, don't take things at face value, but medication is absolutely a great tool and it's necessary in so many cases. 
Yes, and be aware of there's certain things that you should with it. Like like other like other medications, it could be yeah. something simple like an antihistamine or something could not yes. um, work, you know, mix well with it. And I don't think people take those um, guidelines seriously enough. Uh, you know, right. my daughter and she's studying all this medicine and all, all these interactions with things with food and with drugs and everything and I'm like it could be so it could be so serious for somebody it can be my mother used yeah. to um, she she would go into seizures um, and she would have like amnesic episodes and she would um, like get delusional she would see things and hallucinate she would forget who we were um, and it was all medication reactions um right oh so they that had to been frustrating for sure yeah it definitely was never really knew what to expect on a day-to-day basis yes exactly so i mean they can range from mild to very severe um so it's definitely something that you know you need to keep an eye on um but that doesn't mean that they're not necessary or they're not helpful they're just a medication like anything else exactly yeah for sure so if you could yourself like five or ten years ago your younger self one piece of advice what would you say to that young girl um i would probably let myself know about the seasons of life (laughs) um that's something Uh i'm just now starting to kind of understand um for a long time i was very frustrated with myself because i felt like i never really figured out who i was um i kind of expected you know the me two years ago to be the same me that was going through all of this you know in the midst of it and I was having trouble accepting and like forgiving myself in a way for not taking the time to figure out who I was, what I liked and what I didn't like and you know, what my hobby, I didn't have hobbies or anything, you know, so like it was, it was something that I really struggled with. But I mean, the last few months, especially I've really been starting to understand that, like I said, I've been calling them the seasons of life. Um, <laughs> um, just kind of like the, the different phases, like, you know, I, I'm not going to be who I was at 16. No. And I'm not going to be who I was before I had my son. And I'm not going to be no. who I was before I started my business. You know, these are all different exactly. phases that change you. And that's the whole point in growing. So instead right. of worrying about who, you know, I used to be and you know, beating myself up over that. I just, I needed to be here in present and figure out who I am now. Um, yes. And I think kind of if I, if I told myself that a while ago, <laughs> it probably would have helped me meet myself where I was at the time rather than, you know, beating myself up for being you know too far behind or, you know, whatever the craziness was in my head at the time. <laughs> Right. And by the way, there's no race for all the listeners there because wherever you're at, you're totally fine. But I love that too. And, and um, you know, when I look back, there's things that I that I don't put up with now in my life that I put of in my 20s or even my 30s. You're so oh, yeah. Life. And as we grow, we we just realize who we are more and more. And, um, you know, we, de- we demand like boundaries and things and boundaries are 
important. So Absolutely. Um, I think that's kind of and that you have yeah. different boundaries now than what you did, you know, in your old version of you or before you had, um, you know, your son or anything like that. Um, I love that. Absolutely. So, yeah. Where can we find you on? Um, I'm on Instagram. Um, I have my Facebook group, um, which, what is um, it? What is that called in case anybody wants to join? Um, content writing and creation for mental health advocates. Okay. And I'll have a, I'll have a link to, um, in the description as well. And then you're at your Brittany Harpin everywhere else, right? Like on Facebook and um, yes. Instagram. Yes, everything Perfect. is my name. Real simple. Yes, Nell, that was really good. When I first started my business, I had a business name, and then I then I pivoted everything to Beth Blanco. It's so smart to just start out right yeah. at the beginning, your name. And if anybody um, needs that advice, that's, that's the advice for um, yeah, people my, out there. So. My business name as a VA was, uh, was Berkshire Evergreen VA because I live in Berkshire, Mass. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> it was like, oh, one, it was way too long. <laughs> it's like, I hate typing this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and two, it just wasn't me. <laughs> you know? Like it my wasn't name is just so much easier. <laughs> yeah. People people try to overcomplicate things, I think. so. Oh, yeah. I definitely overcomplicated it. <laughs> right. Well, thank you so much, Brittany. This has been amazing. It's a great interview. I can't wait to um, to get it out there. And I just want to thank you again for being a guest. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Have a great night. You too.